Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 528, recorded live on Sunday, September 17th, 2017. And here are your hosts, the man who went to an Ig Nobel presentation yesterday, Dave Play. Hello, hello. And the man who went to a football game and didn't get called into work, Andy Lowe. Hi. Nicely done. Third time's the charm. Yep. How was the football game? Oh, it was quite good. Uh, this was the Com University night, and so okay. um, most of the like businesses around town and you know uh, different groups, they all kind of you know have like a community tailgating area next to the football mm-hmm. stadium. So there was uh, we you know got free hot dogs, hamburgers, pasta salad. Um, there was this good like broccoli salad you sound surprised broccoli salads are often delicious i know this one was really good so i i love i enjoyed that one so yeah no that was that was good so you know we had the free tailgating ahead of time and then uh work gave me the really nice seats because mm-hmm. we had uh <laughs> isaac with us kate is sending me pictures right now of the event Andy, what did you dress your your son up as? Uh, a football. You yeah. dressed your son in a onesie. Yes. That was brown. Yep. With white stripe down the chest. Yep. With laces going across it. Yep. 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 The the so he western looked like a football. The western bronco onesie he was in made him look like a football. <laughs> oh my god, that's so cute. Mm-hmm. Which I just texted to Kate to let her know. <laughs> oh my god, that's adorable! Mm-hmm. I have a friend out here that I'd get that for, except their baby is growing too quickly, and by the time I ordered it, it wouldn't be the right size. Well, this one's slightly big on him, so yep. Uh, if we go back for another game, which I don't think we would, because the, the the thing though with the nice seats was that you know they have their own separate bathrooms that are right next to the seats, and they've got a little indoor area, which was nice because they were doing fireworks during halftime. So I took took Isaac to the little indoor area while the fireworks were going off, mm. which was surprising because they were shooting off fireworks on the roof right above us. <laughs> Well, thankfully, fireworks aren't that loud from the point of where they fire from. Yeah, and since we were indoors, like the the uh, the concussion was not that loud. Yeah, cool, very cool. I got to uh, watch some really interesting science. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wasn't there something about like cats being liquid or something? That was indeed the no the sorry the Ig Nobel Prize for physics. Uh, a a study using fluid dynamics to probe the question, can a cat be both a solid and a liquid? The actual paper was titled On the Rheology of Cats. They published the paper. You can find it at the Ig Nobel. Uh, but cats are both solid and liquid, right? Because when you put like a cat in a in a glass, it fits the glass. And so in the paper, there's a bunch of pictures of cats in different containers, and they are indeed like... Filling the container. <laughs> I love how the list of the winners here mm-hmm. actually like says who attended the ceremony and. Uh, <laughs> yeah, some of them couldn't actually uh, get there. I know, but most of them were actually attended by. <laughs> actually. Oh yeah! Oh, this is this is an honor. Are you kidding? Uh, why do old men have big ears? Was the Ig Nobel for anatomy? 
turns out your ears just don't stop growing. The Peace Prize uh, was a paper that demonstrated that regular playing of a didgeridoo is an effective treatment for obstructive sleep apnea and snoring. Yep. And one of the people who attended the ceremony was the first patient. Yep. Oh, my gosh. And like they, they told the story. He had been diagnosed. Um, they gave him the, the mask for apnea, which is not a pleasant experience. And he said I, that he used it for like a, a week or two and then just couldn't do it. But then he started playing the didgeridoo. And after about three months, I think is what it was, the apnea cleared up and the snoring stopped. Oh, that's hilarious. And so they did a trial and they did a, a random study and they got a bunch of people. And it turns out, yep. Playing a didgeridoo will uh, will help out with apnea, with sleep apnea. Not sure why, but it did. I randomized control trial. Many identical twins cannot tell them tell themselves apart visually. Yep. If you show a twin a picture of a twin, they don't know which one it is. Oh, that's funny. Without other references of like, oh, I was there or I wasn't there. So yeah, if you if you, if you put them in the, the same face, like shirt, in not front even of the that. Like back, if you you remove all information from the image except the face, they cannot tell themselves apart. That's hilarious. Yeah, um, yeah, it was it was interesting. There were some really good. The the last one, the obstetrics prize, was rather interesting. Right, what was the last one? Hold on, obstetrics prize. Huh, that's interesting. It was awarded to a group for showing that a developing human fetus responds more strongly to music that is played electromechanically inside the mother's vagina than to music that is played electromechanically on the mother's belly. So, you know, all the images of like women, pregnant women with speakers on their stomach or Mm -hmm. or headphones around their stomach. Um, Evidently, there's actually very little transmission of sound when you do that. So this group actually developed an intravaginal uh, speaker called the Baby Pod. Okay. And there's even a link to babypod.net. Where you too could buy this. Where you for can buy For $165? Well, if you want your baby to listen to good music. Yeah. Yeah, I just went to a football game. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. So it was quite a night. Uh, I got to be one of the the um, paper airplane targets. So twice during the ceremony, the actual ceremony, they have people throw paper airplanes at the stage. And so at our celebration, we decided to do the same thing. They bring out a human target on the stage, and so we brought out human targets at our place. It is quite an experience to have hundreds of paper airplanes thrown at you. Huh. <clears throat> I, I can tell you I've never had that experience, so I... I'd... Yep. So that was um, that was a lot of fun. We enjoyed it. Right. Should we do topics? <laughs> Sorry, I'm still just... The baby pod, really? The, the baby pod one? Yeah, that was, that was kind of surprising at the end. That was like, a, a, I'm sorry, you did a what? You, you are marketing a what? It was good, though. It was a lot of fun. Uh, the didgeridoo guy came out and played didgeridoo. Um, the other really good one was the experiments to see how contact with a live crocodile affects a person's willingness to gamble. <laughs> really, really enjoyed that one. <laughs> wow. Yep. So, uh, update on previous topics. Yeah. Um, Tesla said that they were going to talk about their semi-truck this month. Yes. Uh, It is now scheduled for October 26th. Okay. And 
Uh, and I, w- I went back and listened on the bet. Uh, How I did f- you find it? Because uh, people who had talked about you know, him tweeting back in April about the Tesla semi truck. So I found out what week that tweet was back in April. And found, listened to the episode. Listened to the episode. And then I just kept on forwarding about every five minutes until we started talking about the Tesla semi truck. And so then I listened, found the time that we actually made the bet. Well done, sir. The over under is 350 miles. Okay. So if it's over 350, I win. Yes. If it's under 350, which is what it sounds like it's going to be. Yes. You win. Yes. Most people are predicting two to 250. Yes. So. And we said that it was with the trailer. Yes. Okay. Now that that's settled, mm-hmm. I have here a gift card to Urbelli's, <laughs> which I will not be sending you. What I'm going to do is go find, I'm going to go like to the Great Dane or something and see if they have a gift card. <laughs> that's what I thought was, there was going to be two options that was going to happen. Either that gift card was going to come back to us, yep. or we're going to get a gift card for a nice restaurant in Madison. In Madison, Wisconsin, yep. Yep. Which works out great, because any time one of us goes to visit the other, we know where we're going for dinner. Yep. So, Tesla delayed their announcement on yeah. the semi-truck, right? Delayed I mean, the announcement. Ish. Okay, yes. They, he, did, he just said September they, back in April. Right. Back in April, he tweeted September. Hey, if our president can tweet. Yeah, but it's not like that's a huge commitment, right? Yeah, no, he said, yes, September. Um, uh, on the announcement of this tweet of the exact, supposedly the exact day for the announcement, Tesla stock went up 3%. Damn. I don't get it anymore. I just, uh, Tesla stock, I don't, I don't get it. What don't you get? That the stock market has nothing to do with like actual stuff. It's all about perception. Yes, it is all about perception. Jeez, oh, Pete. Has literally nothing to do with the real world. Just people's perception of the real world. Mm-hmm. Five days ago, it was at 350, and it's now up to 380. Yep. I don't know what to tell you, man. I don't know either. There's also <laughs> the uh, Frankfurt Motor Show is going on this week, which I don't actually have this as a topic. Okay. Then I'm um, not allowed to talk about it. No? I'm Joseph. Whatever. Go ahead. Uh, there's a whole bunch of electric cars that have been now announced <laughs> at the uh, uh, Frankfurt Motor Show. Yeah, I'm not surprised. BMW's got everyone wants to catch up. Yeah, BMW's got three planned. Um, they plan to uh, have twelve all electric cars by twenty twenty five. Mercedes has got two that are coming out. Mm-hmm. Audi's got supposedly two, and Volkswagen has a couple as well, which can actually lead us into an actual topic that we've got on here. Okay, because Volkswagen said at the show that they plan electric options for all of their cars by twenty thirty. Electric options. Yes. For all of the cars. Yep. In 13 years. Yep. Yeah, I, that, those don't really impress me anymore. It's pretty easy. <laughs> I mean, you just you just take out the engine and you just put battery packs. Let's let's be clear. It's not easy. No. But it, it's also not really impressive anymore. Like, people lost that time. If you had said, we're going to have electric options for all our cars by 2020, that would be a bit more impressive. Yeah, Mercedes so says they're, uh, the entire range would have... In years, we're going to do electric. That's That just doesn't seem impressive to me. No. Right? Tesla came out and said, in a year and a half, we're going to have an electric car. 
And then they did, and mm-hmm. it was really good, and a lot of people liked it. And then they said we're going to make another one. Not as good, but well, no, actually, no. The no, because the model, model S two was fine. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. That, the not as good one wasn't until like their fifth model. Yeah, the the Model X. Yeah. I actually I saw remember. one of those in the wild. I was kind of surprised. I was like, really? It was up in, in Holland, too. Like, where the frick is there a supercharged station up in Holland? Uh, there's one pretty close to there, isn't there? Tesla supercharger. Is there a map? There's got to be a map. Of course there's a map. Is there a map? <laughs> current? No, I don't want current location. I want Holland, Michigan. There is one up in uh, Grand Rapids. And one in Lansing. Oh, coming soon. So it's not actually uh, open yet. The Grand Rapids one? Yes. Really? It says eight nearby locations coming soon. Target opening date to be confirmed. Okay. At a Myers, really? Yep. Eight superchargers available 24-7. Yeah, no, that would, because Myers would be open 24-7. Well, also the superchargers are outside, so. Yeah. But, you know, you could actually go into Myers and, you know. Sit at the uh, the deli counter yep. while your you, car is You can cooking. also just plug your car into your house. Just pointing that out there. Yes, yes, I know that. But I'm saying if you're driving, you know, somewhere. Yep. Madison has two. Where's that one going to be? There's one on the north side. Right. They're putting one right in, like, the edge of campus in downtown. <laughs> the nearest one for us is in Marshall. And St. Joe. So... Marshall looks like it's a little closer. Yes. Marshall's kind of Battle Creek, just a little bit farther. Yep. So that's not going to work for us. But again, you don't need to go to the supercharger. I know, but, you know, driving... You're right, because then, you know, if I drove anywhere in it, it would be two other places. Like, I'm guessing Ann Arbor's already got one, right? Yes. Yeah. Ann Arbor has one. It is by Meyer. Oh, look at that. It is actually at the Meyer. Oh, 17 nearby locations coming soon. Damn. <laughs> the real question is, where's the nearest Tesla service center? Well, it ain't in Michigan, that's for sure. Nope. Did you see that Tesla won the lawsuit, so they're actually getting the uh, the correspondence between the lobbyists and the uh, lawmakers that have to deal with the um, that dealership law that got enacted? I did not. Yeah, so Tesla is actually, you know, trying to figure out what, what the lobbyists and the lawmakers were talking about when suddenly this anti-Tesla, basically, law got put in place. So they get the, like, the email logs? Mm-hmm. This is why you do things over the phone. <laughs> Yep. I'd like to uh, subpoena all of your phone calls. Oh, we, we don't record those. We have zero records of those. Yep. You know, there's a record of us calling and chatting for, you know, X yeah. amount of time. But, but we could be talking about, about says. you know, football or apple pie or something. This really weird podcast that we heard about. Yeah, that crazy podcast. Game of Thrones. Still haven't ever seen an episode. Really? Yep. I do have the first book on my Kindle. For if I ever get that Jones, but beyond that, no. I've only seen the first season, mm. but I, I do understand its popularity. Yes, no, I yeah, I do understand it's very popular. Uh, so other electric vehicles, uh, Daimler has announced that they're bringing short haul electric trucks to the U.S. Just and, as Tesla is saying they're doing theirs. Yes. So yeah, we said Cummins was making an all electric truck, right? Okay. 
And now uh, Daimler is announcing that they're bringing... These are the uh, kind of like a, a city transporter thing there. But the thing is, they've already got somebody to buy them. Yeah. UPS has already said that they will buy the first three trucks. That's pretty awesome. Yep. Now, you know, we talk about range and all that. Uh, the trucks will have a range of 62 miles. That is not very far. No. How much does a UPS truck travel in a day? I, d- I don't know. Is it more than 62 miles? Well, I hope not. Because <laughs> that, would, that would not be good for them. Oh, I mean, they just have, like, you finish your truck and you come back home. Mm-hmm. I could see that, though. If you get just little lightweight trucks for urban stuff there, we could, the, the post office would probably lap that up. Well, oh, so there's there's a statistic. How much did you drive when you were a post office worker? Uh, depended on the route. Give me a uh, the, rough average, Andy. Oh, it was... Uh, I think it was right around 32 miles for my main route. Okay. So if you had a purely electric car, you would have been able to do the whole thing. Yeah. Not only that, but if you had, you know, the, the braking that, um, you know, captured the power. Yeah, regenerative braking. Yeah, reg- if I had regenerative braking on there, too. I mean, for goodness sakes, <laughs> it was drive well, forward... But- 20 feet break. Don't you think that's that's part of the miles is assuming the like the braking is happening? Maybe. I, I feel like that would be just a part of it. Um, okay, so here okay, so operating costs. According to Daimler, who is making these little tiny electric trucks, uh, in comparison with a conventional diesel truck, the offers savings up to one thousand euros per ten thousand kilometers on operating costs. So every 10,000 kilometers, you're saving 1,000 euros? So saving a euro every 100 kilometers? Saving a euro every 10 kilometers. Oh. So saving, trying to do conversions in my head, like a buck every three miles? Yeah, that sounds right. Saving a buck every three miles. Well, there you go. So yeah, these things are going to be showing up in the U.S. (laughs) Daimler says it's only planning on producing 500 trucks in the next year. But they're planning on starting to mass produce them in 2019. Load capacity of three and a half tons. Well, that's nice. So yeah, no Tesla. Uh, even if they, even if their truck sucks, I mean, for goodness sakes, we, we said Daimler's building some, Cummins is building some. Everyone's getting into the game. Yeah, it's that disruptive mentality that's really heck. We saw that even with Google Fiber when Google Fiber first came out. Down in Kansas City, all of a sudden, you know, AT&T, all of a sudden... You oh, know, we can do fiber. Look at us. We're still relevant. <laughs> hey, you know, we we could give you those prices. If you, if you we, stay we with us, we'll give you those. Yeah. No, we promise, dude. It'll be cool. What's that? Oh, Google wants to put shit on our lines? Uh, no, we own those. <laughs> and now let's legislate to make sure that we own them. And no one else can put things on them. Yep. What? The city wants to put things on there. Nope, those are ours. The city wants to break the the monopolistic contract they have with us. Oh, I'm sorry, we're not gonna we're not gonna agree to that. They'll say the FCC could overturn it, but not anymore. Not with Mister Pie. So yeah, what is the timeline for net neutrality right now? Uh, last I knew, they extended the comments timeline. Okay. Uh, FCC net neutrality. Timeline. That's April. That's February. Okay. What's the next thing? Yeah, because the reply comment period should be 
Yeah, that finished up in August. So now we have... Um, oh, <laughs> we are in the currently September until who knows period. Ah. Until the Where they're considering act- the comments. Yeah, and they actually uh, adopt an order or not. Yep. So, so it's it, it's kind of interesting because uh, I did a little bit of reading on government organizations like the FCC and and their authority and their power, because this seems weird, right? Like, how are there no checks and balances on this? And it's because it's this other organization and the idea that Congress doesn't know enough to properly manage this. Yeah. Makes sense. Yes. Neither do the courts make sense, right? Like, that's why you have the FCC is so that they can make these rulings. However, because it's a government organization, it's still accountable. For instance, they are required to do this sort of comment period. If someone thinks that they didn't do the comment period appropriately, which is to say that they didn't listen to the comments, then the courts can step in and say, no, you can't do that. Everyone who commented said this. So it is still important to leave these comments because if the FCC still goes and says, Ajit Pai, ha ha ha, look at me and what I can do, it is possible to get the courts to step in and say, no, this is actually not what people wanted. You're doing a bad thing. Plus, also, Congress can, I was going to say, you know, create laws and that sort of thing there. Correct. To, you know, limit what the FCC can do. Granted, it's Congress, so... That's not going to happen. No. <laughs> They're a little busy right now. Spinning wheels. Yep. So, Lord only knows what they actually want to do, but... They're they're a bit busy. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm trying to see if where I can segue this into something. Oh, good luck. Uh, um, Verizon. Um, um. Okay. Um. So Verizon is disconnecting customers that it supported by Verizon's LTE and Rural America program. So Verizon. Is that the thing that they got paid a lot of money to do by the FCC. Probably because this was probably you know that that line. On your bill that says, oh, you got to pay this much for, you know, the... Subsidizing these other folks. Yeah. Yep. So. Interesting part- that I don't hear a lot of, like, Republicans saying, no, no, no. Huh. I wonder why. I'm being rhetorical. Yeah, Go on. I know. All right. So Verizon, it's a partnership between Verizon and small rural carriers. So you're, you're, yeah. you're guys that, you know, small rural carriers lease Verizon Spectrum in order to build out their own networks. Yep. Um, and so um, Verizon is suddenly realizing that, you know, this partnership, they're not really uh, making money. They're actually losing money because of the roaming charges because mm-hmm. Verizon pays the rural networks for roaming. So Verizon is realizing that, you know, this is a bad deal for them. And so they are disconnecting um, people. And so far, uh, let's see, over 8,000 people are getting disconnected. Okay. That's a lot of people. Yeah. That's not good. Yes. It, they said, uh, these customers live outside areas where Verizon operates our own network. Many of the affected consumer lines use it a substantial amount of data while roaming on other providers' networks, and the roaming costs genera- generated by these lines exceed what these customers pay us each month. But so, that's the point. Like, that's why you're doing... God damn it. Mm-hmm. If you were going to make money on this, it wouldn't need to be subsidized. Yep. Yeah, so uh, it appears that Verizon induced these companies to build out on the rural areas around the country and then significantly promoted it by saying that they're covering the rural areas. And now Verizon's like, wait a second, this is not making us any money. 
and we're they're, they're literally like breaking all the contracts with these rural carriers as well so it's just like so wait you're you're cutting off people who they're saying you know who are using vast amounts of data some as much as a terabyte or more a month which that is a lot of data to be yeah, clear yes i i don't know how to use a terabyte in a month like how how much would I have to how okay so let's see my speed was what a hundred megabits per second mm-hmm per second so let's see that'll be divide that by eight gets me the bytes ish so that's twelve point five megabytes per second so let's see I need to get to terabytes oh geez this is way too early for this type of math. <laughs> And Kate just, yes, pointed out to me correctly, it is afternoon. <laughs> All right, here Sleep we go. Sleep much last night, Andy? Uh, maybe. One terabyte. Here we go. It will take me continually downloading. It would take me one day and 26 minutes to download one terabyte at my current speed. If I was downloading continuously at my max download speed. It would take you how long? One day. Okay. But that's, yeah, if, if I was downloading via LTE, that's probably 4G connection. So that's probably not even 100 megabits. That's probably 80, 70, somewhere in that range. I couldn't even begin to guess. Um, I suppose I could check because I can turn off Wi-Fi on my phone. LTE speeds. What was the name of that uh, app? I don't know if I still have that. Didn't the FCC have a speed test app? Yes, yes, they did. They should, they should still do. Ah, there it is. FCC speed test. Uh, LG. Well, yeah. Granted, it also depends on who your network provider is. I'm on Sprint. Go ahead and laugh. It's all right. No, hey, it it all depends on your coverage area. I mean, it is not the best coverage area. Mm. I mean, I do we, it because we've, we've we've got T-Mobile for goodness' sakes, and that works. You know, ninety percent of where, where we are. Yep. I do it for the the family plan thing. Ah, yes. Uh, let's go with all, all of the above. I'm on LTE right now. It's running a test. Probably going to be about fifty, fifty to seventy. If I am, I'm going to be really sad that my cellular connection is ten times faster than my house connection. <laughs> you want to try again, Andy? All right. Uh, high or low? I'm on Sprint LTE. Your guess was way high. Oh, all right. Hold on. Let me. Try that with mine after I slam my phone into my microphone stand. Yeah, I heard that. Sorry. Did you push your microphone away? Because it's a little quieter now. No, I was just off axis. Okay. Uh, all, please. Thank you. Mobile yes, ladies testing. and gentlemen, you are listening to RA Podcast while Andy and Dave run a speed test. Uh, my download is 69 megabits per second. Jesus Christ! 3.6. What?! Your LTE is 3.6. Yep. That's it. I'm never moving to Wisconsin. The fuck is this? <laughs> your your cable modem speed and your LTE speed are shit. Yep. God damn. I didn't know that LTE had that big a range. I do have to say I was right, though, when I guessed 70 for an LTE speed. And I'm sitting for here yours, at- evidently. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's 3.6, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, sorry about that. Hey, at least we're not on Verizon because, you know, maybe one or both of us would, would be, be cut off. off. Yeah. Somebody noticed the article from earlier and actually talked to Ars Technica saying that they got the letter saying that they were getting cut off. Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, we've never used more than 50 gigabytes 
across four lines the entire time we've had this program. Yeah. And they're getting cut off. And it's just like, really? Yeah. Really? 50 gigabytes is a big deal now? Really? Well, it is to Verizon. Mm-hmm. Well, let's see. What, so, what other news do we got? Well, I mean, from Verizon, yeah, we're in cell phones. Yes, we are in cell phones. That's an easy transfer. To? Apple. Oh, yes, the iPhone 8 and, and the iPhone X, X, which they said it's the iPhone 10. They I, I swear they didn't call it iPhone X. They called it iPhone 10. So I guess we're in the habit of skipping nine. <laughs> what did uh, I think Ellen DeGeneres said that, you know, why was there no iPhone nine? Because seven, eight, nine. Right. Sure. That classic. Come on. That's that classic. No, joke from- no, no. Right. No. Look, so you Ellen to- is a funny woman, yeah. but like I don't I don't know what her creds are for technology. I'm not about to start listening to her for that. No. You 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 linked an article that didn't actually have any article. I did what? You linked a 13-minute recap video. Yeah. So I was going to say, all okay, right, well, you know, I'm going to try and go down a list of things, but no, there's no list. Oh no, there's, it's it's a video. It's a video. <laughs> Andy, if it were a list of things, it wouldn't be a 13-minute recap, would it? No, no, it would not. It's the video of the event edited down to just the major points. Which is good because there was a two-hour event, which I did not catch most of. Well, I caught the major points because I watched the 13-minute version. And what I noticed was a lot of people trying to be Steve Jobs, none of whom are Steve Jobs. But it was in the Steve Jobs Theater. It was in the Steve Jobs Theater. So, So major things to come out of our Apple friends in Cupertino. Uh, the Apple Watch got a new version. Yep, with uh, its own LTE connection. So for Andy, it would run at 60-some megabits per second. Yep. For me, three. <laughs> it's interesting putting putting the connection in the watch. Well, a lot of people are doing that. They're trying to separate the watch from the phone. Right. Which, to me... Is a good idea. I, I don't know. I... The purpose of think- my watch yeah. is so I can leave my phone in my pocket, not leave my phone at home. So what if you just reframe it? What if you don't need the phone anymore? Oh, but there's many things. I re- the, uh, the screen is not big enough to do, I don't know, if we're going straight to the whole Dick Tracy watch. Well, what if, I mean, what if your phone just becomes an external screen? I don't know. I do have to say, last time when we flew down to Florida, one of the guys on Delta tried to use his boarding pass, you know, because the, the Apple Watch, you know, you could get the little QR code for your boarding pass there. Yeah. He was having such a hard time trying to get that thing to scan. Because <laughs> he, you know, he's kept it on his wrist, and so he's trying to, like, you know, finagle his Contortionist. Phone. Yeah. And I'm sitting here, you know, with my printed out thing going, boop. Any, any minute now. Come on. Let's go. Whenever yeah. you're ready. You know, paper. Hey, look at that. Boop. We're on the plane. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so they announced the iPhone 8, and then they announced the iPhone 10 for $1,000. Yeah. Granted, the iPhone 8 starts at 700 so, you know, that's also not <laughs> not cheap. I always thought they started the, the, the new iPhones at, like, 650 Are we past that point now of the 650 iPhone? Uh, it sounds like it. Mm-hmm. Sounds like we've moved well past the age of reason into the age of, I want an Apple product because it's flashy and expensive. So I look at that iPhone X, and then I look at my LG G6. And you say, oh, wow, Apple caught up to this. (laughs) I was like, there's no home button. Well, hey, look at that. I don't have a home button on mine. Granted, mine's on the back. Yep. 
Well, I love the idea of Apple, like, swiping up from the bottom takes you home. Like, wait how a many, second. How many game designers are going to need to change how they built their, their interface to keep that in mind? How many other programs are, like, you scroll from the bottom of the list? I actually haven't had that much problem because the... Uh... Because I, like I said, mine does not have a home button on the front screen, so I actually do swipe up in order to get the the three little things on the bottom. Mm-hmm. And if I normally start from like off the screen and then swipe up, that brings up those things there. But normally, if I'm like if I'm on the screen and I swipe up, then it does it doesn't pop up. So I actually haven't had that much of a problem of accidentally, you know, bringing up the home keys while I'm you know scrolling through Facebook or something. But jeez, yeah, oh. you know, like a bezel-less screen. Oh, hey, look at that. That's you know. Yep, edge to edge. Mm-hmm. Except for that black bar. What was the design idea of bringing the screen farther on two sides of a bar than the bar at the top of the phone? I don't know. I, right yeah. where the speaker is. The screen is pushed in. I don't I don't know. So, like, I'm watching a movie. Man, that left bar on the side of the screen is really fucking annoying. <laughs> I, I don't how... How would that have gotten past anyone on the design team? I I don't know. Like, that's not just me, though, right? Yeah, no, I mean, now that you point it out there, that's really annoying. How? <laughs> Steve Jobs would never, ever have let that happen. So, yeah, I'm, I don't know, man. I got nothing on this anymore. Well, uh, so people, we can do some more iPhone news. Sure. Uh, there was a class action lawsuit brought against the iPhone six. Yeah, because uh, that uh, the touch disease, the what? The touch disease. Uh-huh. That, you know, there was causing premature failure of the iPhone six and iPhone six plus due to the design flaw. Um, so there's a class action lawsuit against Apple, and you know, on the marketing side, there, you know, Apple says that you know. Uh, when it was released in iPhone 7 Environmental Report a year ago, Apple wrote that it conservatively assumes a three-year period for power use by first owners. So Apple, you know, on the on the, the marketing side says, oh yeah, no, three years or, you know, two years for, you know, your service and that sort of thing there. But on the litigation side, um, the plaintiffs argue that, you know, consumers reasonably expect that the smartphone will remain operable for at least two years when not subject to abuse or neglect because the overwhelming majority of smartphone users are required to sign service contracts with cellular carriers for two years, right? Okay. Apple argues that two years is too long. What? To hold Apple's limited warranty substantially unconsolable simply because plaintiffs expect their iPhones to last the length of their cellular service contracts would place a burden on Apple for which it did not contract. It is not appropriate for courts to rewrite the express terms of a warranty simply because the consumer's unilateral expectations of the product. So, not our fault. Ha ha ha. Yeah. So they're just like... On the front side, they're just like, oh, yeah, no, these things are going to last forever. And the other one's like, not really. Like, you know, it didn't, you know, we have the warranty there for a reason, but we're not expecting, you know, the phone, you know, to last that long. We never intended for the phone to actually last that long. So we're not going to support it past that. Yeah, we only kind of guarantee your phone to last one year, according to some of the stuff in the document. I'm trying to find the exact quote on there. So yeah, on the on the front side, you know, yeah, three years, and on the back side, maybe a year. God damn, those fucking assholes. Mm-hmm. Okay, what do you think is going to happen to Apple long term? 
Okay, so we think about this. Desktop computers are probably going to go away, right? Um, I mean, I've heard people saying that for... For years, yeah, I know. Years. Just like radio is dead. Like, years. Ah, oh, desktop computers are on their way out. When my brother was in grad school, I remember him talking about that. Yeah. It's like, oh, man, desktops are like... With the way things are going, desktops are just gone, man. They're just not going to be around. I'm like, really? Are, are you sure? Because there's still a lot of power in a desktop. Yeah, as, as laptops get smaller and cheaper, it's nice to have. But, like, a desktop is still going to be more powerful and easier to upgrade. So we got Kate a new desktop, right? Sure. Um, at some point, I forgot exactly when we got it, but she needed a new computer, so I got her a new Dell. I opened it up. It basically looks like a laptop motherboard in a desktop box. Oh. I was like, oh, look at that. That's not good. I mean, it's not bad, but it's not, no. that's not what you wanted. No, I'm sitting there going like, oh, you know, it's got, okay, it's got a slot for, you know, upgraded graphics card if you want to do that. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, though, everything else seems to be, you know, pretty laptop-esque. Okay, so, okay, so, there might lose, granted, you know, you don't really see any new announcements for the Macintosh. Well, because those are the Mac events, not the phone events. Yeah, but even the Mac events that haven't really been. Didn't they announce a new one? It was like the trash can looking one? I swear that was like, you know, five years ago. No, that was last year. Newest Macintosh. No, not newest MacBook. God, really? I searched for newest Mac and you automatically correct it to newest MacBook. iMac Pro. There it is. All right. Yeah, okay. So I compare Mac models, MacBook, MacBook Air, MacBook Pro in all different sizes. And then I get the iMacs and Mm -hmm. the Mac Mini and the Mac Pro. Yeah. So we're going towards portable hardware, which it seems for some odd reason that Macs are lacking. They're, they're, they used to be the MacBook Air. When that first came out, that thing looked amazing. Now, not so much. So they're going to have to go into software and... Except they don't do software. No. They're a hardware company. Well, wasn't there an iOS update at some point? Yeah, I mean, they they just updated it. The but they're CEO. primarily a hardware company. And they're not doing good hardware anymore. Or they're not doing cutting-edge hardware anymore. Like, they, they can spin it in these Apple events that, you know, they're doing great stuff, but... But they're not actually doing great stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. Poor company. Mm-hmm. Poor, poor company. So speaking of other poor companies, Equifax. Ooh, uh, poor company, stupid company. Stupid company. We'll go stupid with that Stupid company. Yep. First off, credit agencies are just terrible in the U.S. anyway. Mm-hmm. Like the entire U.S. credit system is bullshit. Mm-hmm. Uh, way, 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 way too much burden of proof falls to the consumer. The that wasn't me, I never did this is a really tough argument. Yes. Uh, so that's kind of gross. Right, so we talked about the security breach, right? The one in five Americans? Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, uh, according to the uh, company officials, the exploit that was used was an Apache Struts exploit that had been patched more than two months earlier. Well, the the patch had been released. Yes, the patch had been two released months two months earlier. Equifax had not updated it. Huh, well, that's unfortunate. I, I wonder if maybe their chief security officer should have done something about that. Well, it's funny you say that because the chief security o- officer. You can't even say it without laughing. <laughs> I saw this earlier this week. I found this out on like Thursday and you can't even say it without laughing, can you? No. 
Suzanne Molladin was a music yeah. major, the chief well, security officer. Well, but <laughs> like she was a music major, but maybe her her she went to like grad school for comp sci and and nope. user security. Nope. No. Didn't nope. have like a master's in, in computer science or... No, 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 no. Equifax nope. chief security officer had a bachelor's degree and a master's of fine arts degree in music composition from the University of Georgia. So at least their hold music was pretty good. <laughs> you... <laughs> Your chief security ah. officer is a music major? No, no. But again, like, I'm I'm okay with that. I have a lot of friends who are music majors. You do, too. Yes. But so, they they also have other training in their fields that they are currently in besides well, yes. music. Okay. So we can say that she had been in the private sector for 14 years. Okay. So, you know, she might have gotten there. I can I can completely attest to, you know. 14 years is, is quite a bit. Yes. But I, I feel like, really? Music major for a C-level position? <laughs> I just, uh, like, you know, you, I'd love to actually look at her LinkedIn page. But it's but disappeared. It has dis- <laughs> LinkedIn page after this came to light has now disappeared and she has uh, retired now. Yep. Oh, yeah. That seems a little sketchy, like major security thing on there. And you kind of scrub the Internet of your presence. That mm-hmm, that seems a little sketchy. Let's see if there's like archives of it somewhere. Her LinkedIn page was made private, and her last name was replaced with M. Yep. Two two videos of interviews with her had been removed from YouTube. A podcast of an interview with her has also been taken down. The Internet Archives, some material, and a transcript of one interview has survived. So, uh, in an interview that this author found, she said that in recruiting, we're looking for good analysts, whether it's a data scientist, security analyst, network analyst, IT analyst, or even someone with an auditing degree, security can be learned, which... That's true. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you kind of want to go to a smart woman. Yes. She graduated magna, uh, magna cum laude and summa cum laude. But that. Mm. And had been doing security for many years. Yes. I mean, there's she could have had the right training, but maybe not for a company of that size. Like, there's a lot of stuff you need to think about. Yeah. Of course, it wasn't just her failure, right? Like, she's the chief security officer. There are a number of other people who failed at their job when it comes to putting in the patches. Mm-hmm. That's that's the kicker right there, there, is the fact that the patch was announced on March 6th. And, of course, you know, three days later, because, you know, they said, hey, there's this bug here. We put a patch out on there. It's kind of mm-hmm. like a, <laughs> hey, hackers. Here's your here's way a, in. Yeah, here's your way in. You know, if somebody hasn't updated their stuff yet. Yep. So, of course, you know, that's a new <laughs> attack vector is, hey, let's check to see if people have updated this. Oh, no, they haven't? Oh. Yep. Oh, geez. So, uh, good news. Do you have any good news, Dave? Um, good oh. news. Chrome will no longer oh, autoplay wait. content with sound starting in January. Wait, stop. Stop. Hang on. What? A, yes, that's really good news, and that's really awesome. But B, there's a better segue. Really? Since we're talking about hacking. Oh. And you mentioned attack vectors. There's a new yes. attack vector for your phone. Is this it is the not headphone jack? Because that's going away. No, it's not the headphone jack. When you buy a new phone, really yes. nice, fancy new phone, yes. and you drop it. Yes. And the screen cracks. Yep. What do you do? I have uh, warranties. I have insurance on my phone, so I take it back and get another okay. one. Well, that's that's good for you. 
Yeah. Uh, for those of us who don't buy insurance for our phones, the screen cracks. You have two choices, three choices. Try and three. fix it yourself. Three. You can you can try and fix it yourself. You can just ignore it if it's not that bad, or you can buy a new phone. Yes. And the the ignoring it is sometimes okay, but like sometimes you damage the screen enough that you can't ignore it. Like half yeah. the screen is just not usable. Mm-hmm. And so usually the cheaper option is to just buy a new screen and put it on the phone. Yes. Well, now you have to be careful about where you're getting that new screen from, because a university in Israel did a quick study and found that, yes, they could insert a chip into a screen soldered in. Uh, Theirs was was very obvious, but they said that with just a little extra effort, you could miniaturize it and make it essentially undetectable, that you could integrate a chip into the touchscreen and you could basically get full control over the phone. You could record inputs. You can take pictures with the phone's cameras. You can email. You can direct it to websites. Oh, oh, uh, so this is this is like a man-in-the-middle attack. Except it's with a chip. In fact, it is called a chip in the middle. Ooh, that's scary. Yeah, so just be careful if you're going to replace your screen. Wow, that's that, ooh. See, now I'm just thinking of like, huh, I wonder what would happen if I got someone's phone from, like, Equifax and gave them this new screen. Huh. You wouldn't need to hack the phone. No, because you're already in the phone replacing the screen, so it's just like... Right, like, I don't care about the phone security. They'll bypass that for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, if they can... Rec- oh, that's crazy. I mean, that's how long does it crazy. take to replace a screen? Well, depends on your phone. Fair point, but I'm guessing 15 minutes to half an hour. Probably. Especially if you've done it before. Yep. In fact, if you practice it, you could probably get it down to like 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And it would be nearly indetectable. Indetectable? Undetectable? Undetectable. Which means that you could do this, and like, all you'd need to do is get someone's phone for half an hour. Mm-hmm. That's kind of scary. Yeah, yep. Okay, so happier news. Way happier news. Some really happy news up here at the top. Uh, Star Wars 9, the director left. Oh. That's not the happy news. No. The happy news is who they got to replace him. Which is? J.J. Abrams. Okay. He's back. Lens flare. But yeah, that's that's the happy news. Uh, also happy news is uh, the NES Classic and the SNES Classic. Nintendo has basically fessed up and said, like, we screwed up. We're sorry. We didn't expect this to be nearly as popular as it was. We were basing our sales figures on other retro arcade things that just were kind of selling but weren't great. So we're going to do a lot better on this. And we're bringing back the NES Classic. Nice. Which is really going to suck for all those people who bought it for $400 on eBay. Nice. Yeah. Uh, other happy news, happier news. There's a new Amazon docu-series coming out on Michigan football. <laughs> what? Like, specifically the University of Michigan football. Hmm. The eight-part show from the Big Ten Network will offer a comprehensive look at the University of Michigan football program. Did you know there was a uh, there was a show called uh, Beam P.J. Fleck on the Big Ten Network? I did not. Who's P.J. Fleck? Oh, it was the former Western coach who moved to Minnesota. Okay. Yeah, no surprise he's got his own TV show. He He's like if a motivational speaker became a football coach. That's odd mm-hmm. it worked though so 
What other news did I have on here? Oh, so South Park had an episode, um, the season premiere. And yeah, season 20, right? 21st. 21st. Yeah. Um, in the episode, they had an Amazon Echo and a Google Home in the episode. And so uh, oh, no. they kept on having the show had Cartman talk to the Amazon Echo and the Google Home. And of course, you know, it, you know went off. Yeah. Which the the South Park writers have stated that they absolutely knew that their lines would do this and probably had a hilarious time coming with funny commands for the home assistants. So they... What sort of things they say? Things about, you know, um, hairy balls and smelly tampons and things like that. Oh my god. They have an erroneous alarm now set for 7am. So, yeah, no, they're... <laughs> South Park. Doing South Park things. Oh my god, that's hilarious. And... I wonder if uh, Amazon was tracking the sales of Alexa. <laughs> I, would, I don't know. Just see if it was a positive or a negative, right? Mm-hmm. But, oh, South Park. Doing South Park things. South Park doing South Park things. Yeah. Right. We should probably uh, hit the randoms. All right. We've uh, we've been going rapid through our topics anyway. Mm-hmm. Oh, one last one. The last one I added because it's kind of fun. Uh, Pirate Bay. Have you been to Pirate Bay lately? No. It's messy. Like, if you click anywhere on the page, it launches another page with an ad behind the scenes. Like, it opens up another window, but behind the first... It's just... It's gross. Ugh. Well, it might be getting better or worse, depending on your point of view. Uh, They're looking at getting rid of ads. Yay? But instead, they're going to run JavaScript that just runs the shit out of your CPU... To do cryptocurrency mining. Really? Yeah. Hmm. So less yay? Hmm. That's interesting. That's interesting. Hey, if uh, it makes some money, I guess. Yep. I mean, if if that were the cost that my my computer was making that money, I don't know. Is that better or worse than ads, given that it costs you more, right? Because it means your computer's using more power. And it's slowing down your computer. And it's slowing down your computer. But, like, what if, what if, hear me out on this. What if there was a company, right? Just, we'll call it Company X. And X said, if you subscribe to us and install our program, which will only use your CPU during downtimes, right? When you're not using your computer, when there's no user input, when uh, there's there's nothing going on, then we will remove all ads, YouTube ads, Hulu ads, um, pop-up ads, like everything. We, they, they just are gone because you're a subscriber to X and X's browser just won't show those ads. Then X goes over to Google and to Amazon and Hulu and and all the other companies and says like, all right, we are going to pay you instead of you doing advertisements. I Do see. you think that would be successful? Mm, I don't know. Probably not. That that would just be weird. Is it weird because it's different? Like instead of you being served ads, you just let me use your computer to run cryptocurrency. I don't know. Granted, cryptocurrency is only as good as people are willing to pay for it. Yeah. So there's that part. True. But it could also be applied to other things, like I will sell your CPU time to scientists. Like, you know, SETI at home or folded at home, that sort of thing, yeah. Right. So instead of just volunteering, it's just purchasing time on a supercomputer. Hmm. So that was, that was, that's just an idea. That's something that kind of came up from this. All right. Uh, Nest. Oh, yeah, your random review. Yes. Yeah. I'm reviewing Nest. 
Specifically the Nest uh, Gen 3 thermostat. Yes, because they just came out with another one, didn't they? They did, a much, much cheaper one. Only $169. And usually you'll be able to get some sort of uh, dip, 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 rebate from your your power company. Upgrade your appliance with com, uh, see how much you could earn. Natural Wi-Fi enabled thermostat. Both electric and natural gas customers could get me a $100 rebate. Hmm. Yep. That turns your Nest into a $65 thermostat. $65 for a Nest. That's not bad. No. But that's not the one you're reviewing. Uh, no, I'm reviewing the Nest 3, which, that said, it would turn the Nest 3 into a, like, $150 thermostat, right? How much yep. is it right now on Amazon? Yeah, so it would turn it into $150. Okay. And then if you wait for a Nest sale, because they do have those from time to time, that's a little cheaper from there, so you could probably get it down to like 100 bucks, mm-hmm. which is pretty damn good. Um, I like it a lot. I like it a lot. I think it has been really helpful. It was super easy to install. And you may recall on the show when I was starting to install it, Andy's like, oh, make sure you have the, the C-Wire um, I don't, but I don't need one. Really? Yeah. Most most thermostats actually don't require the C. Oh, okay. Uh, Nest just like sips at the power from the rest of the time, and so I don't need to worry about it. Uh, it was super easy to install. I know nothing about HVAC, and I was able to be like, oh, okay, unscrew this, unscrew this, put this on, and then label these. They actually have you label the wires that are already wired into your current thermostat. They have like little... um little stickers that you just wrap around the wire so that you know which wire is which. And then you just put it on, you put the wires in, you put it on the wall, and you go through the intro, and it's pretty damn cool. It just learns what you need, and you get it on your Wi-Fi, and then you have control over it on your phone. And then you can set it up so that there are multiple people with it on your phone. And then when those people leave the house, Nest will recognize that the phones aren't home and will be like, oh, no one's here. I guess I'll just go on standby. Hmm. Well, that'd be nice because there's sometimes when I, you know, when we go out for a couple of days, I'll set the thermostat for something and then just tell it to hold. But then when we get home, the first thing I have to do is turn it back on again. Yep. Which would be nice because if I'm coming back, I could tell the thermostat, hey, we're coming back, you know. So yesterday, was that yesterday? Yeah. Yesterday. It was 85 degrees outside, but we had basically turned off the air for a while because we didn't need it because it was much cooler for the last week. But like Friday night, it was still really hot. And so I'm sitting in bed. I'm like, why is this right? Because the air's off in bed. Grab the phone, turned on the air, set a timer so that it would shut off at like two in the morning. So it cooled the house down a little bit so that we could get to sleep. But then once we were asleep, we just let the air turn off because we're already asleep. We don't care. Yeah, I get a monthly report from my thermostat saying, here's how you use the, the stuff. Hmm. It's adorable. So, okay, so I'm looking, I'm comparing the, your model to the Thermostat E. The new one? Yeah, what's this Farsight that you have? Uh, so where's your thermostat in your house? It's in the dining room. Okay, so the idea of Farsight is that when you're in the dining room, instead of having to walk up to the thermostat like you do now, right, if you want to see what your thermostat's set at, how far away from it do you need to be? Not too far, it's it's kind of in the corner of the living room, so I, I'd have to, as soon as I walk in there, I can see it from the kitchen but side. Can you, but can you see what the current temperature is and what it's set at? Yes. Yes, I can. From across the room? Yes. Oh, that's very impressive. Well, it's My nice, old one, you, you, you couldn't. Like, it was a little LCD display. Well, it's a nice big LCD display. Yeah, mine was, was like, it's a clock face. Oh. So Farsight is the, 
you can see this from across the room. That's that's really what it is. You can see it from across the room. You can see what the current setting is. Um, I don't yet have an Echo because I'm, I don't know, I still feel a little weird about it. Like, Amazon already knows a lot about me. Do I need to have it know even more? But you could also hook it into your Echo so that you could just say, Alexa, set the temperature to... And the Nest would do it. Well, that'd be nice. Granted, you know, if I have the app on my phone. Yep. You don't even works. need yeah. Alexa because you can just do it with your phone. Yep. Huh. It is pretty darn cool. So has has the Nest learned your normal routine yet? <clears throat> it is still working on it. The problem for me is I don't have a very, like, routine routine. Uh, so it's still learning, but it has... I, I did set up a schedule for it already. So that like during the night right now, it's set to uh, to AC to cooling. And so during the night, I say 80 degrees. That's what the house is cooled to 80 degrees, which is really like it's basically off. Right. The house is almost never going to be more than 80 degrees. And then around eight o'clock in the morning on the weekdays, I guess I could probably push that to like nine or ten now because Laura's not getting out of bed until later. Uh, I've got it set to 75 and then we can go in and manually adjust it past that. Mm. So it is still learning. It is still getting itself used to us but it's pretty damn cool well that's good so you like it i like it a lot i like it a lot and then you can hook it into if this then that and you can do all sorts of other stuff Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's pretty cool all right dave enjoys his nest yep all right random topic Mm -hmm. rolled ahead of time if you were standing next to bill gates what would you say to him to convince him to come onto your show what would i say to bill gates to convince him to come on your show hey do you got you'll have a good time do you, do you got some spare time? <laughs> you, you got a spare five minutes? I mean, if I'm if I'm already next to Bill Gates, I assume I've done something to get there. Yes. Other than like you happen to stand next to him in an escalator in an elevator. Like, well, there if I'm was, in the elevator with Bill Gates. There was the one time the was that one kid was like Bill Gates, or was it Wayne Warren Buffett and Paul McCartney, or was it Bill Gates and there was there was some kid who was just like walking down the street and like you know. Paul McCartney and somebody else were just like out getting ice cream in like the middle of Kansas or something mm-hmm. or Nebraska. I, it's something weird. Was that Bill Gates? Let's see. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> the kids just randomly walking down the street and there's Paul McCartney. Is it Paul McCartney and Warren Buffett? Oh, come on. Stupid internet. Um, but yeah, no, if I'm there with Bill Gates, I'm going to be like, you got spare five, ten minutes? You know, you, you can call in. Hey, 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 Bill. Um, can you just, like, just give us five minutes? That's, that's it, just five minutes. You'll enjoy it. It'll be good. You know, we can, we can talk about malaria, talk about the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Education. Mm-hmm. Bill, Bill Gates has got to have a Twitter. What's he up to right now? Calls a foreign aid a moral imperative. Mm. Benefits of a school lunch program don't stop at a classroom door. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he, uh, if we if you convince him to talk about the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, I think he'd be all about that. All right, that's what we'll do. Yeah, five minutes talk about the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Yep. You know, I feel like that. Yeah, just five minutes. If you want to stay longer, that's fine. I I guess you know if Bill Gates wanted to hang out, we would let Bill hey, Gates Bill. hang out. You wanna you wanna just like hang out with us, <laughs> just for a few minutes? Like it's okay. I'll buy you ice cream. I think he can buy his own ice cream. <laughs> Don't worry, Bill. Oh, I got this. I, you know, <laughs> we got you covered. Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. It's good. We'll take you to Sweetwater. Get you some donuts. All right. Well then, I think that's it. Yep. Uh, that's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. 
can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.